This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so Don's weenie. This is a this is a uh, an interesting one. I don't know. Well, 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 we'll answer it. Over the last fifteen years, ten Cup winners have had a first overall pick. Four have had a second overall pick. The only team to win a Cup without a first or second overall pick was St. Louis in twenty nineteen, uh, with a fourth overall pick. Do the Bruins need more high picks to win a Cup? Or is JVR their loophole? I'll add one more, uh, and this is probably included in the 15-year sample size. Obviously, the Bruins had Tyler Sagan in 2011, second overall pick. Um, Bridget Scott, do the Bruins need more high draft picks if they want to win a cup, or is JVR the exception in the loophole? But well, technically, and- he is a, a second overall pick, so he does count if you know towards your stat if if the Bruins go on to win. But he's not your loophole because he's well past uh the age where you know you like you his his prime i'm sorry but um you know if you had him when he was 22 i would say yes um but at the same time like i really don't believe in in this you have to have a, a first or a second overall pick in order to win a stanley cup i think what jvr brings that helps the team is his experience and um his mentality it it doesn't really have much to do with like him being able to overwhelm teams with like a skill set that's um like a Connor McDavid or Connor Bedard type of skill set and also if you recall Tyler Sagan wasn't a huge contributor to that Bruins playoff when obviously he was fresh to the team at that point but um still kind of well, in and out of the lineup he wasn't in every game of that playoff no run. No, but, no one, but one could say the Tampa series, he shifted, you know? Yeah. yeah. You could definitely argue they don't win that series without him. Um, I think, by the way, at Duns, we need missed one on St. Louis, not a top two pick, but uh, Petrangelo was the fourth overall pick on that team. Jay Bowmeister was the third overall pick, so uh, they also had him. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I think I, – I don't particularly care about the numbers of, like, where guys were drafted – no. But I think what this does illustrate is that you tend to need superstars to win a Stanley Cup. Like St. Louis also might be the lone exception of like not having a true superstar on their roster, depending on what you think of Petrangelo or Ryan O'Reilly. I think those are those are really good all-star caliber players, but not superstars. Um, so the point of you tend to find superstars high in the draft is accurate like if you go through these rosters vegas trades for jack eichel who's second overall pick 
the Avs roster. Nathan McKinnon, first overall. Gabe Landeskog, second overall. Kale McCarr, fourth. Even like Miko Rantanen, tenth overall. Lightning, Steven Stamkos, first overall. Victor Hedman, second overall. Capitals, Alex Ovechkin, first overall. Nicholas Backstrom, fourth overall. The Penguins dynasty. Crosby, first overall. Malkin, second overall. Marc-Andre Fleury was first overall. Blackhawks, Patrick Kane, first overall. Jonathan Taves, second overall. Kings, Drew Doughty, second overall. Like, even Andre Kopitar, 11th. So, you need stars is the, the bigger takeaway here, and it's easiest to find stars at the very top of the draft. The Bruins have found them elsewhere, Yeah, to their credit. David I mean, Kostner was 25th yeah. overall. Vic, um, Charlie McAvoy, 14th overall. Brad Marchand was a third-round pick. Like, those... Those are all stars. And so Patrice Bergeron, not a first yeah, round. Well, pick, yeah, well, like, yeah, I was sticking to this year's roster, but yes. Um, well, I'm saying in, in we're talking about like when they won the cup, like and and also just like who have their best players been over the past 10 years? Um, are guys that probably should have been first round picks or should have been higher picks, like David Posternock should have been a lot higher than that. Um, so the Bruins really got lucky. Um, if if you look at it, you know, from from now like in hindsight but yeah they they got their players further down and it's because they didn't have a lot of high draft picks because they were you know for certain years they were too good to have a high round draft pick um we talked about how they really haven't been in a rebuild in a long time and that's where you're seeing like Colorado ended up with all of those really high draft picks because they were bad (laughs) um all those teams all, yeah, those, all teams, those teams were really, really I mean, bad. So yeah. Colorado had one of the worst seasons of all time. Um, and you know, if 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 look in the Blackhawks before you hit before you, to you guys' point, like the same thing all these teams have in common is that they all bottomed out prior to getting these players. Like you know, the the black the, the Penguins, the, were the Blackhawks, out. the Blackhawks had home games getting blacked out on TV. Yeah, the Penguins almost moved for, out of Pittsburgh. Like, right, and, and they were and, truly rock bottom. And no, and, and I'm sure you could find a few. If you ask Bruins fans, okay, like next year, would you mind coming in dead last if you know you're going to get the first overall pick um, the following year? Like, I'm sure many Bruins fans could be like, eh, maybe I'll think about it. Maybe yeah, but if you were to tell them. You know, to, you, I want you guys to bottom up for the next two or three, four years to like no fucking way. And that's what these teams had to do. Also, that, the Blackhawks, the Penguins, uh, the Avalanche. So and yeah. it's not a reverse order draft, it's a lottery. Right. It's exactly. not like you're getting Connor Bedard. Like Connor Bedard shouldn't have even gone to Chicago. Like if you look at the way that things bounced, like they were not the the last place team, wasn't it Anaheim? Or I mean it was it wasn't Chicago. They were bad, but they weren't last. You know, so right. you're not guaranteeing. Yeah. I, think yourself. I think they were third. Anaheim and yeah. Columbus both had better odds. But exactly, you're not guaranteeing yourself Connor Bedard by tanking. To to Don's point, though, um, so I think the answer the answer is kind of somewhere in the middle. Like you don't need Scott said it best. You don't need necessarily a first or second overall pick. What you do need is a superstar. Wherever that superstar comes from. Um, David Pasternak, we just mentioned, he is, you know, he and Leon Dreisaitl are the class of that 2014 draft. And he's one of the best goal scorers, if not the best goal scorer in the world. You found him at the end of the first round. 
uh, Nikita Kucherov is on another planet, um, neck and neck with Nathan McKinnon. One was first overall. One was like a second second rounder. So now I know the Lightning do have uh, Hedman and Stamkos, but it just so happens that most superstars are drafted high. But you just need a superstar wherever that wherever you can find them, and and the Bruins have that player in David Pasternak. I mean, you could tell me right now, David Pasternak was the first overall pick in 2014. You can fool me. So it's about having at least a superstar. And I think for the Blues, Vladimir Tarasenko was close enough to that for that team at that time in the league. He was closer to a superstar back then. Um, and Petrangelo is a, you know, he's a all world defenseman. So need a superstar, not necessarily a first overall pick or a second overall pick. It just so happens the teams he rattled off in the last 15 years had them and they were drafted there because you know obviously that's how it works but just need a superstar and the Bruins have one all right uh I don't have the next question up in front of me um, um there are two more that I see here from YouTube and so one is trade related and one is about um what's going to happen with Matt Patra so I'll, I'll do the Patra one first uh Sharon said what do you think the Bruins will do with Matt Patra after the break curious because of the very diminished playing time and fourth line role and better play by geeky and Boquist. Do you think they end up sending him back to Guelph and then when their season ends, having him come back as a black ace? Uh, Sorry, my mind just froze, but I'm, I'm happy to answer that. Okay. Go ahead, Scott. Oh no, he froze again. Hopefully everyone can hear me. Um, Sharon is probably also a, Listen, I see people laughing, so I'm assuming no one can hear me right now. <laughs> no, no, we can, we can, we can hear you're, you're just, you're just frozen as a popsicle is all. Um, but we can hear you if you want to give it another shot. I think maybe, maybe one of us should answer first. Okay. Um. So I think, I think uh, Patra. I, I think you got to keep him around. Um. I think I think depth is is very important. You're always an injury away um, of needing like what what Matt Patra does bring you that Johnny Beecher doesn't bring you um, or somebody like that is. Uh, I, I do think Patra has has the skill set to fit into a top six role, um, even if it's premature, and even if there's struggles uh, in the two hundred foot aspect of it. But like say Charlie Coyle or or Pavel Zaka went down. Um, and, and the Bruins found out that they were out for a significant amount of time. Um, and say it's after the trade deadline, right? Like you're going to want an internal option at, in a centerized position that ha- kind of has that natural high end ability, even though it's still a working, working prog- uh, project. Um, I think for that reason alone, I, I think Patra shouldn't go back to Guelph and there's other benefits to keeping him around as well, but simply a- as an insurance safety blanket um i i would keep him okay i think i'm good now so let, let's see if i can get through this um first off i i can tell that sharon is uh probably also a listener of the morning brew with with jaffe and razor because i heard them talking about this on their most recent episode and it is an interesting topic um i'm with brian though i'm not sending potra back and Mainly because I I still think he can be the player we saw early on this season. There's no question that like the entire middle of his season has 
kind of gone sideways between world juniors and that not going the way he would have wanted injuries since coming back. Um, you know, he only, he only has one goal since November 5th. He's played 22 games since then. He's been under nine minutes of ice time in three of his last four. So I, I understand like everyone kind of being a little down on him now and wondering where exactly he fits. Here's my counter. He is still fifth on the Bruins in five on five points per 60 minutes this season. He's behind only Charlie Coyle, David Posnack, Trent Frederick, and James Van Riemsdyk. He is ahead of names like Pavel Zaka, Brad Marchand, Morgan Geeky, Jake DeBrusque. So if you're sending him back, to me, that's got to be because you think he's hit some sort of wall that is going to prevent him from getting back to that player the rest of the season. And I'm not there yet. Like I'm not convinced that he's hit that wall and there's no way around it. I think he's hit a wall and I want to see if he can get over it and get back to being that player. He's had some time off here that like that might, you know, depending on if there's a new injury or something that that might actually prove beneficial for him to have a little bit of a midseason reset. Um, but I feel like that player who was producing pretty well at five on five is still there and I'm not sending it back to Guelph, uh, just yet. No, I think we need to send him to Turks and Caicos. Like Scott said, you two can go together, um, and just reset, reset with the break, get some sun, you know, now, now I'm making myself want to go there. Um, but no, I don't think that that player is gone. I think he's had such a disjointed middle part of the season and like mixed messages, I don't think have helped him where it's like, no, we want you here, but we also are going to send you to play for Canada. And like, I think they need to get their messaging straight. I think they need to make him feel more comfortable because nobody plays their best when they're, when they're always questioning in the back of their mind, like, am I going to keep losing playing time? Am I going to, am I going to get sent back down to Guelph? Like, I want to be part of this team. They're giving me like some messages that maybe they don't want me to be here. I just wish that things would be more consistent for him. And obviously an injury, if, if he's dealing with something right now, is going to push that back even more. But he needs some consistency. He's young. Uh, he hasn't been playing in the same role the whole season. Like if they decide to put him on the wing, like that's going to mix it up even more. I just wish he had like a stretch of time where he could he could really be allowed to get to have some chemistry and, and get to uh, feel more comfortable being, being up and, and with his standing. So uh, I don't think he's like by any means bad enough to not be on this NHL roster. Um, so that's why I say don't, you don't send him back to Guelph because he brings something that you need. And like Scott said, five on five, he's been good and he has these moments and you just want to see him have more of an opportunity to, work through and and try to get back to that i i i agree and i still i still just like looking back and I, you know hand to the sky i still don't think this is that big of a deal um but i i still just i i just still i didn't i, I don't like that they sent him to, to 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 world juniors because so much of what he has to learn this year is off the ice too it's like learning like learning the life of a professional athlete and you know uh, you know, little things like getting into a routine, like, you know, he's been uprooted 
He was living in a hotel for the first month and a half of the season. Then he moves in with Beecher somewhere. It's like getting acclimated to driving. And now Beecher's not even there. Ah, uh, poor Maddie. But like, <laughs> get get getting getting used to like driving to Warrior every day for practice. Getting used to driving a Hanscom um, for 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 uh, to to catch your flight for road trips. Um, learning how to be a professional on the road. Learning how to be a professional at home. And then they just. You know, he's in the middle of doing all that, all the off ice stuff. He's still trying to learn too. Trying to learn how to cook. Learn how to cook, and 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 the Bruins thought it was a great idea to 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 not only send him to World Juniors, but to send him uh, seven hours ahead, mess with his sleeping schedule, all for a World Juniors tournament with new teammates and no chemistry, and and then he has to come back jet lagged. It just made no sense to me, honestly. I just didn't think the positives mm-hmm. outweighed the potential negatives. Um, but it, I, you know, yeah, it's not I, a huge deal. I, I still have absolutely no problem with it because I, I think. Well, we already went over this, Scott. It's two yeah. v one, and you lose this time. Okay. Right. I, I think I think learning learning to be a leader on a team, playing in high pressure situations on a huge international stage. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's I think it's important. It's not well, that huge. It's one. It's. We almost made it to the end of the episode without arguing with each it's not other. That, <laughs> not that big of a deal. One, my one last note on Padra, one thing he does have to do, shoot more. Uh, his last 11 games, he has five total shots on goal. He's had zero in four of his last six. Um, so that, that has to change. And that's, that's one thing that, you know, ha- has been a concern with him, right? Is sometimes he doesn't shoot enough. So he's in, he's in one of those stretches right now. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, definitely. One final question. You want to do the honors, Bridget? Sure. Uh, we did cut, kind of touch on this a little bit earlier because it, it more goes back to like the trading um, for a defenseman. Um, so this is from Trent. He left this comment on our YouTube. Said, I know number 48, uh, Matt is a Boston boy, but I would say at the deadline, I would package him with someone like Lysel and get a top six forward or even bring in a top four puck moving defenseman. Playoffs is a Playoffs are a whole new animal. Uh, as we know, and to add a nice goal scorer uh, to put with, I'm guessing this is supposed to say pasta, or or a uh, a top four D would be big. I think yeah. we, we answered the Grizzlick thing earlier, just that he's got no term left, so that makes him hard to trade. I mean, this, y- yeah, and, and again, this question is, it's a little bit, easier to answer if there's names attached right like you're giving me tangible names for the bruins right um grizzlick and lysel and then but to, to offer ba- uh, you know a top six forward or a top four demon um the hypothetical is tough if i don't know the name attached um i would be open to it if it's if the name is big enough right or, or impactful enough it just so maybe we can think of a couple of names off the top of our heads oh, here. Oh, wait a but... minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We didn't even get to the one that I was pissed about that I said in the beginning. The, the stupid... Tie it in. 
Trade proposal. All right. So Elias Lindholm is a top six forward that we had talked about in the past. If maybe this makes a difference in, in, you know, this, this part of the conversation, but if no one has seen this on Twitter, should we like retweet it on the skate pod? Because I saw this yesterday and I sent it to the guys because I was like, this is, this is so dumb. Like, why is this even on my screen right now as an option? So Bruins for one reason or another have been kind of attached to the Elias Lindholm trade rumors. And the athletics suggested that Bruins received just Elias Lindholm and Calgary gets the Bruins 2025 first round pick Matt Patra and Trent Frederick. And I have an issue with like this entire thing. Um, like yeah. the fact that you even tacked Trent Frederick onto the end of this just makes me laugh. Like what? what? No, no. I mean, Trent Lind- Frederick is playing like a fucking top six forward right now. What the hell would be the, that would be such a steal. Like that would be this, like Don Sweet is not that stupid. L- literally like Lindholm himself this year is not worth uh, a first round draft pick going the other way. I mean, based off his performance so far this year, he's not worth a first round draft pick. Cause, and that's now pr- prior to this year, maybe, but not right now. Plus a potential future uh, top center in the league in Matt Patra and Trent Frederick, who's having his best yeah. year and trending in the right direction and still young and, and like in his prime. Like, what are we talking about? Almost yeah, the same point as Lindholm. Right. I was just going to say, Trent Frederick this season has five more goals than Elias Lindholm and three fewer points. Like, no power play time. It doesn't, it doesn't make center. any sense. You know, like like Frederick, um, Frederick's doing that with le- with less playing time. I don't even like that one for one. Like I don't even like a one for one. Frederick, I was gonna say home. I I wouldn't make this trade with any two of these pieces. Like even if you right. take any one of these out, I'm still not doing it. And this, so I actually have like, so this was a thing the Athletic did on like different packages teams could put together for Elias Lindholm, and it was. Uh, Corey Pronman, who's like the, one of their expert prospect analysts. So I think that was more his role. And Julian McKenzie, who covers the Calgary Flames for the Athletic. Um, both both very good writers that I respect a lot, but clearly they just think way more highly of Elias Lindholm than I do. And I'm sure the Flames would love to ask for this kind of return from teams. But even going through like other teams' packages that they put together, they're all too much. And I think that's just that's having two people who just value Lindholm more than I think a lot of people are going to, um, especially because he is having a little bit of a down year. So um, in, in the past, when the Athletic has done things like this, what they've done is they've had like the beat writer for one team make a proposal to proposal to the beat writer of another team. So it would have been like. Fluto putting this package together from the Bruins perspective. And then Julian McKenzie would respond from the flames perspective. And I I like that set up better because it gets more opinions involved. Like this, to me, this whole article starts from a a premise of, like I said, like two people who just think way more highly of Lindholm than I think a lot of people are going to certainly than I do. Yeah, I think Fluto would have would have been like, oh, no, we got to go back to the drawing board on this trade proposal because this is not this isn't going to be well received. Um, it's not going to be, you know, yeah. a lot of times these things are just to, to kind of spark conversation. And the conversation usually is like a back and forth, like you and I 
like we've we've had these on here before where we disagreed like one of us thought it was a good idea one of us when it's when it's universally like no this is a bad idea like you, you gotta do a little bit better it should be something we could debate rather than just sit here and be like this is just not even close to something that would ever happen i mean and you know look for argument's sake in theory it's not it's not a terrible like it's not a terrible piece of rhetoric right like you put it out there Bruins fans watching Frederick, watching him get better and better every game, um, are like, why would we do that? They're, they're pretty much tied in points one for one. And you, you want us to add it. But well, it, it, it's, 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 it's the classic, like, you have a rising player. I don't know if you can see. A rising player and then a player that's kind of like on the, on the descend. And it's like, okay, do you hit your wagon? Do, do you put all your chips in the Trent Frederick camp of like, no, I, I think he's going to get better and better, or like maybe this is his plateau, or do you put your chips in like the Lindholm w- w- would go back to where he should be in a better situation? It's kind of a gamble, right? Um, if it was one for one, it'd be more of like an enticing, like, okay, do you bet on the player who's rising? or You know what I mean? That's more interesting. But to add in these other pieces too, it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, well, to, to tie this into the question from Trent, would you trade someone like Fabian Lysel with a D prospect or – like a draft pick or something for Elias Lindholm is like, is he in, is that more of like what you're comfortable with trading for? Like what would be the, the comfortable place for the Bruins to be on a trade like that? That's, that's probably, you know, closer to reality, but the problem and one that that's highlighted by like Frederick getting included here is unless, you know, I mentioned the scenario with Forber potentially ending up on, LTIR again, but like, unless that happens, the Bruins do have to move out money in order to bring anyone in. They they have $800,000 in cap space right now. So you can't trade for Elias Lindholm for just a prospect and a pick salary has to move somewhere. And I know every Bruins fans like, Oh, well just get rid of Grizzly or Forbert. And it's like, okay, but someone has to want those guys and they're on expiring contracts. So again, like why would, a team that's turning the page to next year, like the Calgary Flames, want either one of them, um, unless they they are planning to re-sign them. So that's where someone like Frederick with term comes in, and that's where this all really gets uncomfortable because it's like, what salary are the Bruins moving out that actually has value to another team? Um, or, you know, the second option is, is you execute a salary dump somewhere and we know what those look like. Cause we saw with Taylor hall, it means you don't get equal value for the players. So um, it's, it, it's going to be a challenge for Don Sweeney to make trades before the March 9th deadline. And, and Trent Frederick isn't just a homegrown Bruins prospect. Who's now starting to like realize their offensive capabilities. He's, <laughs> he's a power forward. That is the type of player that you would want in April and beyond as he gets older. Like that's the exact type of player you want in a playoff series. So it's, it's, it's to me, I, you know, it's, it's interesting because you, you, you rewind the clocks a couple of years and Trent Frederick's value was, was pretty low. And right now it's Didn't like, they scratch him last playoffs one they, briefly they did. Yeah. But yeah, right, but right now days. he's, he's just where he is and where it appears he's going. Um, you know, he's a player that you want to see in a Bruins Jersey for a, a long, a long time to come. And, it's getting like, if you if you were to part with him, it's like okay, it better be something really worthwhile. Um, because he because it's again, it's not where he is right now. It's where he is. It's where I think we all see him going potentially as like a 
true power forward that can score 30 goals in this league. So, um, all right. I think that probably wraps up uh, the mailbag. I did have a quick, um, you know, bridge with the fashion segment if you want to get the banner going. But oh, okay. I was in a, uh, I was in, I was in a, a Dick Sporting Goods recently, and I came across a nine. It was a, it was a 1990 Stanley Cup Finals um, Bruins jersey, Ray Bork jersey, a white jersey with the 1990 Stanley Cup patch. Oh my goodness. To see that, to see that in person, I was like, holy smokes, that that I want to take you to prom. <laughs> um and, and right and, and right next to it, right next to it was one of the um like the 20 the, the centennial jerseys. Um and I was like, oh my god, these like these Bruins jerseys are so these 19, these old school Bruins jerseys are so much, so much better. It's not even funny. And what's 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 crazy is that that night. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly embarrassed to admit this. One of my dreams last night was uh, that the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. And they won the Stanley Cup in their black centennial jerseys that they're wearing this year. And I shit you not, in my dream, I was like, of course they won the cup this year. Like they're going to, they're going to, they, they, with these jerseys, they won the cup. Like this is, you only won the <laughs> cup. They won the cup six times in their entire franchise. And now they won it finally again. And they're, and they're wearing these shitty jerseys. <laughs> they <laughs> That's wearing, really. Oh God! Does that make me a bad Bruins fan? Like that's like the I, one. I thing. think it just means your priorities are are a little bit different than most other people's. Yeah, if I, could, if I, I think it means reason. you. I I just think the fact that you're dreaming slash having nightmares about this in the first place. Uh, it's like the Bruins like, won the Stanley Cup. Just that you total have total nightmare. Yeah, I think you you just have bigger issues than we're going to be able to work through in uh, the last five minutes of this podcast. Wait, <laughs> can I say something funny? Because that exact same jersey oh that Brian is. The exact same white Ray Bork jersey that you are describing. Yeah. Thursday Thursday night, I saw someone wearing it, and a mullet wig from the oh. from the nineties or whatever, singing karaoke at the restaurant I was at. So this guy's just dressed like old school Ray Bork with like the literally like the old school like perm mullet and yeah. singing and I. It, I was like, "Wow, Ray Bork's here." This is. <laughs> I mean, I'll, listen, listen. I, I don't, I don't deny I have issues, guys. Okay, and 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 we could go a couple hours on those, but um, I think I don't. If the Boston Bruins won a Stanley Cup this year, it would be it would be absolutely incredible. I don't think I'd be alone. I th- I feel like Bruins fans, deep down, deep deep down, you might be like, "I wish they didn't have these jerseys winning the cup." I I don't think I'm alone because. It's a color gold that they have not worn in their entire hundred years until this year. And there's still a part of me that feels like I'm watching a club hockey team, not the Bruins. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. But I think if all of you took some truth serum deep, deep down, I think you'd all be saying, I kind of, I'm kind of with them on this one. Uh, Yeah. You're not wrong, but for people watching on YouTube, Bridget's showing us the, the video of, uh, Okay, singing. but to be fair, that's not even that, that's that's the uh, that's not the same jersey I was yeah. talking about, but yeah, right. But I'm a you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a cougar, <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, it reminded me of this yes, wonderful yes. rendition of I don't even remember what he was singing, and I'm not gonna turn the volume on. Um, so. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah, I, I think that's that's an issue that fans will complain about two years down the road, though. I think, uh, yes. I think they'll forget about it during during the parade. Oh, and, absolutely. And uh, shenanigans as the cup makes its way around and we all get to track every party that the Bruins are at and all that stuff. 
getting totally getting invited, Scott. So absolutely, I don't disagree. Okay, um, that was all I wanted to say. I actually dreamt about how much I wish they weren't wearing that gold. Um, <laughs> it's 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 creeping into my 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 uh, unconscious now. Yes, it's not it good. It's not good. <laughs> anyway, um, that probably wraps up for me. You guys good? Yes. Yeah, I'm good. So are we gonna are we gonna record uh, for All Star Weekend or kind of punt until next week? Do you think? I think uh, yeah, I think we probably regroup after the All Star game. Okay. Some something early next week. All right, that works for me. Thank you all for sending in uh, your questions. Um, enjoy the All Star festivities, and we will talk to you next week.